Hoffaday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. 3.04 p.m. on this Friday, September 15th. September is halfway over. Can you believe it? Episode 231 of Live Till 5. Every Friday afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m., live on the air here. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. 88.1 FM. Barragata Guam. Glad you could be with us today. Whether you're listening in the car on the radio dial 88.1 FM or you're listening online through khmg.org. Maybe you're downloading a podcast and listening. you're listening at a later date and time. Glad you could be with us listening. We hope that this is a blessing to you. We do intend to entertain you a little bit, inform you, edify you, educate you, and uh Overall, just give you a great alternative on a Friday afternoon, a little lighthearted approach. If you ever miss part of the program, you can tune in on Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. as well. Or like I said earlier, you can download the podcast through khmg.org. Not only podcasts of this show, but of many other great shows we produce right here at Harvest Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today for this episode 231. Been doing this for 231 weeks. Wow. Uh, I don't think anyone anticipated we'd make it to episode 231. So I am glad that we are here and that we are enjoying such length of success, I guess you could say. Glad we could be with you on this Friday afternoon. Hopefully it's a good time for you. Some of you parents are listening right now in the car. You've Picked your kids up from school, you're on your way home, you're stuck in traffic, maybe you're running a few errands before the weekend, some of you are headed to work, some are headed home from work, some of you are still sitting at your desk at work. Many people listen at home as well. They still have the radio sitting on the kitchen table or out in the workshop, tuned in to 88.1 FM, and they like 88.1 FM because we have a strong FM stereo signal. We've been on the air for over 21 years, broadcasting beautiful Christian music and Bible-based programming 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 88.1 FM. So, let's talk a little bit about this month. Since it is September 15th, I did want to mention some of the special things that are happening in the month of September. A lot of observances in the month of September, including, but not limited to, there's actually so many I'm not going to be able to get to all of them today, but it is Mold Awareness Month. So if you're not aware of mold, now you are. National Alcohol and Drug Addiction Recovery. Atrial Fibrillation Awareness. Bed Check. Biscuit. Breakfast Month. Chicken Month. Boy, we celebrate that here on Guam every month. Child Awareness. Childhood Injury Prevention. Childhood Obesity Awareness. Cholesterol Education, Coupon, Disaster Preparedness Month. We talked about this on the show last week. DNA, Genomics, and Stem Cell Education and Awareness Month. Food Safety Education Month. Fruits and Veggies, More Matters Month. Guide Dog Month. Head Lice Prevention Month. Hispanic Heritage Month starts today, actually, through October 15th. Very clever to have a month that starts in the middle of a month, ends in the middle of a month. It sets it apart. Very clever, whoever came up with Hispanic Heritage Month. And Home Furnishings Month, which seems so trivial compared to some of those other very important things we recognize for the month. Now, as far as weeks go, 
Adopt a less adoptable pet week starts on the 17th. American Massage Therapy Week is ending tomorrow. Balance Awareness Week starts on Monday. Build a Better Image Week starts on Sunday. Child Passenger Safety Awareness starts Sunday. Clean Up the World Weekend. Constitution Week starts on Sunday. International Air Ambulance Week. Clean Hands Week. Women's E-Commerce Days. Malnutrition Awareness. National Adult Services. National Eczema. National Farm and Ranch Safety and Health Week. National Farm Animals Awareness Week as well. National Historically Black Colleges and Universities Week. National Indoor Plant Week. National Love Your Files Week. That one's for you, Pam. National Postdoc Appreciation. Rehabilitation Awareness. Security Officer Appreciation. Surgical Technologists. And Pollution Prevention Week. To name a few. And today in particular is Constitution Pledge Across America Day. And since it is Constitution and Pledge Across America Day, I would like to lead our listening audience in a recitation of the Pledge of Allegiance. You can place your hand over your heart if you like, and as you ride along in your car, you can say it out loud with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Yes, today is Constitution Day and Pledge Across America Day. It's also International Day of Democracy, Linguini Day, Neonatal Nurses Day, National POW MIA Recognition Days, Tradesman Day, and Software Freedom Day. Tomorrow, AKC Responsible Dog Ownership Big Whopper Liar Day. I think we talked about that last year on that day. Boys and Girls Club Day for Kids. International Coastal Cleanup. Eat an Apple Day. Red Panda Day. Locate an Old Friend Day. Mayflower Day. Cinnamon Raisin Bread. Oh, yeah. I like some of that uh, cinnamon raisin bread. Very good, especially as toast with a little butter. Oh, yeah. Very good. Collect Rocks Day. Don't know why anyone would celebrate that. Guacamole Day. Mexican Independence Day. Play-Doh Day. Stay away from Seattle Day. Okay. Uh, Step Family Day. Uh, Puppy Mill Awareness and Trail of Tears Commemoration Day. More serious sober day there. On the 17th is Batman Day. Last year we, I think, talked a lot on that uh, observance. National Apple Dumpling Day. Ooh. National Monte Cristo Day, which I believe is a chicken sandwich with bacon on it, if I'm not mistaken. VFW Ladies Auxiliary Day and Wife Appreciation Day. 18th Chiropractic Founders Day, Hug a Greeting Card Writers Day. Now, that's a contrived holiday. The people who make greeting cards and create many of these days created a day to get free hugs. I don't know. That's a little forward. National Ceiling Fan Day, Cheeseburger Day, Respect the Aged Day, and U.S. Air Force Birthday. That's on the 18th. The 19th, National Butterscotch Pudding Day. Let's just take a quick poll. Those of you in the listening audience, raise your hand if you like butterscotch pudding. Okay, put your hands down. Now, those of you who cannot stand or have never tasted butterscotch pudding, it doesn't sound good to you at all. Raise your hand. Okay. So even though we are outnumbered probably 17.3 to 1, I think butterscotch pudding is very tasty. It's also on the 19th, IT Professionals Day and Talk Like a Pirate Day, which we are going to spend 
most of the show today talking about pirates, all kinds, the funny kinds, the uh, children's Christian music kind, and then the real pirates, modern-day piracy. So that's going to be a theme of our show later on is pirates. So the 19th, National Talk Like a Pirate Day. The 20th, National Pepperoni Pizza Day. School Backpack Awareness and String Cheese Day. The 21st, International Banana Festival. National Pecan Cookie Day. World Alzheimer's Day and World Gratitude Day. And then the 22nd, American Business Women's Day. Autumnal Equinox. The first day of autumn is next Thursday. Carefree Day. Chainmail Day. Do any of you know what chainmail is? So, uh... Chain mail, like uh, making the little armor, like one little link at a time. Chain mail, yes. Chain mail day. Dear Diary Day. Elephant Appreciation Day. Hobbit Day. National Centenarian Day. We spent some time last year talking about where all the 100-plus-year-olds live in the world. I think most of them live in Okinawa, actually. National Doodle Day. Ice Cream Cone Day. And National White Chocolate Day. Those are all next week on the 22nd. Thursday the 22nd. So there are a lot of observances and kind of pseudo holidays happening in the month of September. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Before we go to a break and have harvest highlights, I did want to mention, as we have now Hurricane Harvey kind of behind us back there that hit Houston and the Texas coast, and then Hurricane Irma, which went up the coast of Florida and did a lot of damage there and really destroyed the Keys. I did come across a really cute article about a week ago about Harvey and Irma Schluter, who've been married for 75 years. He turned 104 in July, and she'll be 93 in November. And so a Harvey and an Irma, that are he's a centenarian, and they've been married for 75 years. And uh, they've never seen, of course, their names have been used for different hurricanes in the past, but they've never seen two major hurricanes like this. In all their years of being married, they've never seen such devastating storms come so close together. So very interesting there. Now, we're going to take a short break. When we come back after Harvest Highlights in this short break, we're going to have What's in My Coffee? This Day in History with Lawrence Dangas. A quiz about pirates from Sebastian Basildua. All around good guy Chris Harper will be joining us, station manager of Harvest Family Radio, and you, the listening audience, don't go away. Stick around. More live till five after this short break. Day and welcome back to a little more live till five. It's three twenty-four p.m. on this Friday, September fifteenth, episode two hundred and thirty-one. Wow, time flies. Every Friday afternoon, three to five p.m. right here on KHMG eighty-eight point one FM, Harvest Family Radio. Two quick comments from our listening audience, and I'll let uh, Chris and Sebastian weigh on in this if they want to. You don't have to say anything, guys. But first, Bob the Librarian sent me a note fun trivia fact for you. Not only does he provide those 
special observances, monthly and daily, weekly observances that I read off every week, which I heard from uh, one of our listeners. It's their favorite part of the show, by the way. But he also sends me random little facts like this one, this factoid that he just sent me, that you can change the language on your Facebook to be pirate language on Tuesday, September 19th. International Talk Like a Pirate Day. So just so you know, you can't actually have pirate lingo on your Facebook on Tuesday, September 19th. I might do that just, you know, because all the cool kids are doing it. Is that only that day? No, I think you do it any day. Yeah, it's any day. But if you do it like on Monday the 7th, if you do it on the the 18th Monday or the 20th on Wednesday, you're weird. But if you do it on (laughs) Tuesday, you're, you're, you know, just going along with what all the cool kids do. So Tuesday, September 19th. Talk like a pirate. Dave. I, have, I have a really strong opinion about this. Oh boy! Because I think anyone who does that should be made to walk the plank. Oh no! Interesting, you say that. <laughs> it's going to be have some are, interesting information about yes. that. We are going to have a little quiz just, about piracy here joke. in just a little bit. So, uh, you know what? And if people want to listen to the show, they don't have to pi- get pirate copies of our show. They can actually download the podcast for free and distribute it freely amongst all their friends and families and people they don't even know. Uh, just go to our website, khmg.org, and you can download the podcast, share it on your social media. We really appreciate that. And uh, before we get into the next segment, we I, just today I, was, uh, I texted Chris Harper here because I heard we had a pre-diabetes screening uh, public service announcement from the Ad Council. And it was really good. I, I wish we could get more of those types of things. I think it's really informative for our listening audience. And I know that radio is required as a medium to have a certain number of like free, public, helpful yeah. uh, things, right? Yeah, we report on that to the FCC every three months. Sebastian works on that. So even commercial and stations have to give a certain amount of their yes. time towards helping the public some way? Yeah, and we have a, we have a lot because most of our radio station is devoted to helpful things. As but, opposed to selling stuff. Like some yeah. radio stations, obviously, they're, they're playing commercial music. They're selling things. We don't do that. But uh, and the logic behind that is because the airwaves. Well, it's they're owned by the public. We don't okay. own these airwaves. We just own the right to broadcast on this frequency, and so uh, we have to be broadcasting in the public interest. And so we really attempt to do that. Okay. All right. Well, I was curious about what the Ad Council was because ever since I was a kid, a couch potato, seeing all these commercials by the Ad Council. You know, like if you listen to a. You see like a Smokey the Bear advertisement, poster, TV commercial, radio commercial. It always ends with brought to you by the Ad Council from your friends at the Ad Council, whatever. Uh, so what is the Ad Council? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, let's see here. Like they are behind the very famous campaigns. For example, only you can protect wildfires. Hmm. Or prevent. prevent. Yeah, fire. you don't want to protect you don't want to protect a wildfire. You want to put that out. <laughs> prevent forest Leave fires. Or, innocent yeah, fire alone. Only you can prevent wildfires. Or oh, wildfire. McGruff, take a bite out of crime. Like that. Or uh, I am an American is a is a new campaign that's going on. Or take time to be a dad today. Since nineteen forty two, this is from the Ad Council's website. The Ad Council has offered trusted advice and inspiring calls to action. In fact, we created the category of public service advertising, and our icons and slogans are woven into every fabric of the American culture. 
uh, to the very fabric of American culture. The Ad Council is where Smokey Bear lives. The Ad Council uh, saw the a mind is a terrible thing to waste. That was, uh, I remember that campaign, reminded Americans that friends don't let friends drive drunk. Today we continue the, to be the leading producer of public service advertisements in the United States, raising awareness, inspiring action on a, diversi- on a diversity of issues, texting and driving, autism awareness, et cetera, et cetera. So the Ad Council is this group, basically like an advertising group, that puts together these campaigns, for particularly for public service announcements. And uh, Chris, were you the one that looked it up and their yeah. their revenue? It was like forty four point five million dollars, I think. So it's a and that's that's on I think uh, from one of the public, you know, service websites yeah. that tells you what they're. I just happened to see it as I was scrolling through something else. So yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, and they've they've produced some of the most popular ad campaigns of all time, and those campaigns are aired for free. Most yeah. stations. You know what's cool? You can go to their website and they have a whole category called the classics, and you can click on the classics neat. and watch all the old. There's TV commercials, there's radio commercials. Oh, neat! And you'll recognize as soon as you see the screenshot, you'll be like, "Oh, that's from my childhood." Yes, probably even for even for Sebastian because there are some newer ones. Yeah, that are also yeah. you know uh, iconic. Yeah, I I always growing up, I always wondered what is the Ad Council. I had no idea. Yeah. The other one is the Foundations for a Better Life, which I suspected was maybe a Mormon-owned company or uh, some type of altruistic, but like, you know, uh, American Humanism Society, something like that, because they're all very good moral messages. Each one is inspiring. It's always about, you know, uh, including people with disabilities or being patriotic or honoring the elderly. So I've always suspected, it's now called values.com. Uh, is is a lot of what they uh, tag their stuff with, but it's Foundation for a Better Life, and um, they have the Pass It On. So they would have a sto- some kind of short story, and then they'd say Pass It On. So this is from Wikipedia, which um, is usually pretty accurate, especially if it's about a topic like this here. Foundation for a Better Life is a nonprofit 501c3 organization founded in 2000 to promote good values. The foundation creates public service campaigns uh, to communicate its values, such as honesty, caring, optimism, hard work, and helping others. The foundation communicates its messages through television, outdoor advertising, theater, radio, and the internet, and is best known for the quote-unquote pass it on campaign. Viewers are encouraged to pass on these values with the rationale that examples of individuals living value-based lives may not change the world, but collectively they do make a difference. And the history, this is where I, I, I thought this was very interesting because it's been, is very obscure, right? So founded in 2000 with a $700 million endowment from Philip, Philip, Philip Anschutz, a member of the yeah. Evangelical Presbyterian Church of the United States, an organization headed by its president, Gary Dixon. The organization launched its first campaign November 9, 2001. The original start date was September 13, 2001, but was postponed due to September 11th attacks. More than $10 million was spent on the initial campaign, which appeared to be which appeared on about 10,000 billboards, signs, and posters nationwide. The original message of the campaign was modified to include themes which recognized the state of the nation following the attacks. Specifically, the values of unity, and courage were added to the images and flags of the firefighters campaign was created by copyright uh someone basically goes on for some details there but 
So, it, and it's, it neither solicits nor accepts monetary donations from the public. It's not officially affiliated with any religion, instead hoping that the values we share transcend any particular religion or nationality. The chief contributor to the foundation also serves as the chief contributor to the Random Acts of Kindness Foundation. All funding comes from the Anschutz Foundation. Philip Anschutz funds the Anschutz Foundation. As of 2016, Philip Anschutz is the 108th richest person in the world and made his initial fortune in oil. So, you know what? Mystery you, solved. You just mentioned Phil Anschutz, and Phil Anschutz has a very prominent role in the history of Major League Soccer, which I'm a really? follower of Major League Soccer. And Don Garber said, who's the who is the commissioner of the uh, of Major League Soccer said that without Phil Anschutz, there would be no Major League Soccer. He was uh, he founded multiple teams: Los Angeles Galaxy, Chicago Fire, Houston Dynamo, San Jose Earthquakes, New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. Anyway, he um, he's a big big investor or had been over the years. Wow! In uh, Major League Soccer. So as soon as you said that, I knew he was part of the history of the of the league. And so wow, it's an interesting it's an interesting correlation between the two things in my life at least yeah well and it it is particularly interesting that you have to dig to figure out who's behind it so instead of it being the philip anschutz foundation right or anschutz for a better life it is just you know foundations for a better life or whatever and values you know so it basically it is a little bit more uh, he's not trying to necessarily draw as much attention yeah. to himself in this specific regard. I don't yeah. know Philip Anschutz, and I'm not paid spokesperson yeah. for his foundation. Yeah, we're or anything, not promoting him or anything. No, no, we don't. He's done even, some interesting things. Yeah, very, very interesting actually. Yeah. So yeah. now I think I'm going to go ahead and do one of my speaking of inspirational people. Let's just uh, go to one of my favorite segments of the show here. It's called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many a successful person taken from a book by the same name. Horace Martin Woodhouse wrote the book called The Buck Stops Here. It's really a compilation. This person has a little plaque on his desk. Eagles don't flock. Or he did. I don't know if this guy still has a desk or not or if he's still alive. But eagles don't flock. You have to find them one by one. Ross Perot, American businessman from Texas, who is best known for seeking the office of president in the United States, 1992 and 1996. After he left the Navy in 1957, Ross Perot became a salesman for the International Business Machines Company, IBM, quickly became the top employee, filling his year's sales quota in two weeks, tried to pitch his ideas to supervisors who largely ignored him. He left IBM in 1962 and instead founded Electronic Data Systems. To computerize Medicare records, EDS went public 1968. Stock price shot up from $16 a share to $160 a share within days. Fortune magazine called Perot the fastest, richest Texan in 1968 cover story. 84, General Motors bought EDS for $2.4 billion with a B. And the plaque on his desk says, Eagles don't flock. You have to find them one by one. And that's a little inspiration that Ross Perot had on his desk. And that is The Buck Stops Here. Before we go back to our next break, I want to cover just a few quick idioms. We've been working our way through an alphabetical index of idioms provided to us in a book by PC. She happens to be one of our 
our listeners, our regular listeners, and she is a, a wordsmith herself, and she gave me this book two years ago, Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban. It's a scholastic book, and we, every week, work through a few idioms because we have a lot of people that listen that maybe they didn't grow up speaking English. They speak English now, and uh, they love the English language. That's why they love this show so much, because we use the English language so well. But uh, they might know phrases, but they don't know what they mean. Or maybe, even if you grew up speaking English, there's some vernacular that you might know the meaning, but you don't know the origin. So let me enlighten you. This is the educational portion of the show. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. This expression from the early 1900s refers to waiting for something bad to happen after learning that something else bad has happened. It might come from an old joke about a man who lived in a boarding house. Late one night while getting undressed, he dropped one shoe loudly on the floor and woke up at the downstairs neighbors. Then, trying to be quieter, he put his second shoe down silently and went to bed. After a long time, the downstairs neighbor woke him up shouting, When are you going to drop the other shoe so I can get back to sleep? Huh, very interesting. So that's where the idiom came from, probably, waiting for the other shoe to drop, anticipating the second half of a two-part unpleasant action to take place. Our show is not like that. Our, our show is a two-part pleasant action. Walking on eggs. Now, I've never actually heard anyone say walking on eggs, but let's, let's read ahead here. This saying first appeared in Italy in the late 1500s. The writer who came up with the idiom must have had the following image in his mind, a person stepping very carefully on a floor of eggs, trying not to break a single shell. It can be done, of course. Even It, it can't be done, of course, even with hard-boiled eggs, but it gets across the idea of doing something with great caution. I would say walking on eggshells. I don't think I've ever said walking on eggs, but I guess if you're walking on eggs, you are walking on eggshells because that's all that's going to be a big mess. Okay, walking on air. 20th century expression plays on the idea of feeling down means you're sad or depressed, while feeling up means you're cheerful and glad. What's the highest you can be? Well, up in the air, of course. Similar idioms equate to being in the air with being happy would be like on cloud nine or on top of the world, walking on air. It reminds me of the show I used to watch. The Greatest American Hero. Did yes. you ever watch that show? Oh, I sure did. Believe it or not. I'm, I'm walking, walking on air. air. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. I love that show. Absolutely. When I was a kid, I just loved that show. And uh, the guy with the white curly hair. Yeah. And he was like this, This he was just goofy, uh, wildly unqualified superhero. Right. He put on the red suit and he could fly. Yeah. And he had like powers, but he had no idea of how to control them. Matter of fact, the yeah. the, the suit kind of controlled itself, and he wanted to get rid of it, but he couldn't. And he had this sidekick guy that would just drive around with him and take him from yeah. crisis to crisis. I, I don't like these. I don't like these fancy polished superheroes no, that they have. No, those no, are horrible. No, I this, like the I like the bumbling, lovable yes, superheroes. Yes, that guy who acted in that. He later was in Matlock. He was uh, he was Andy Griffith's like investigator or whatever, but yeah, huh? Wow, greatest American hero. Got to watch that on uh, Hulu or something. Uh, wash your hands of something. This expression comes from the Bible. Pontius Pilate, Roman official in Judea, announced that he could not save Jesus from being executed. He then washed his hands right in front of the crowd of people, saying that he was not guilty of Jesus' death. When you wash your hands of something. You're not, you're not actually at a sink with soap and water. You're just saying that it's not your responsibility and you don't want to be involved further to withdraw from something, to end an association or responsibility for something. To disavow, disclaim, or disown is to wash your hands of something. A washed, watched pot never boils. 
If you put a fire under a pot of water, it will eventually boil, of course. But if you just stand there and wash the pot, it seems to take forever before the before the boiling bubbles appear. A wash pot never boils means when waiting anxiously or impatiently for something to happen, it seems to take much longer. Three more. Water over the dam. Some people say it's water under the bridge, but wherever the water is going, once it's flowed on, it cannot come back. That's why the irretrievable, irreversible situation described is this watery one, water over the dam, something that is past and cannot be changed. Wear your heart on your sleeve. William Shakespeare used this expression in his famous tragedy, Othello, around the year 1600. In those days, it was customary for a young lady to tie a ribbon around the arm of her boyfriend. The boy then wore this favor on his sleeve, one of the most visible parts of his clothing, to display his feelings of the heart for all the world to see. Today, the feelings that you reveal by wearing your heart on your sleeve are often love, but they could be another emotion too. To show one's emotion and feeling openly, to wear your heart on your sleeve, like Sebastian and (laughs) Jessica. Anyway, uh, wet behind the ears. When a baby colt or calf is first born, it's wet all over. It quickly starts to dry out, but a little indentation behind its ears stays wet the longest. Farmers always knew this, but some word experts think that that's the early 20th century uh, meaning. Or it could be officers in the American Armed Forces began using the barnyard expression to describe new soldiers. The saying is also reference uh, to a young animal that is washed by its mother. It means to be young, inexperienced, or immature, to be wet behind the ears. And those are today's idioms as I drop the book on the floor. Now, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, hopefully, hopefully, what's in my coffee? Our little quiz about pirates. Be prepared for a lot of pirate stuff. Pirate jokes, pirate lingo, really terrible pirate accents, and some true facts about modern-day piracy, which are astonishing. Do you know there's a place here in Micronesia that is on the top five list of most piracy incidents of piracy so i'm going to talk about that in the second hour so stick around i'm jared baldwin your host this is episode three 231 and it is friday september 15th 3:43 p.m here at the khmg studios we'll have a little more live till five after this short break a little more live till five it's 3 48 p.m on this friday september 15th episode 231 231 episodes you can find many of those in podcast form on khmg.org i encourage you to go to our website check that out there are many great podcasts not just of this show but so many other good programs we produce here at harvest family radio and they're all at your fingertips there on khmg.org and listener Submitted clarification. A Monte Cristo sandwich, which I had double verified in a blind test by an independent source here who happens to be on the air with me, Chris Harper. Monte Cristo sandwich. It's not just a chicken sandwich. It's not a chicken sandwich. It's a uh, it's a, like a ham and cheese type sandwich. Yes, and it's it's got basically French toast. 
Mm. It's in between French toast. And then there's a little, if if you do it right, there's a little powdered sugar on top. Oh, yeah. oh, that sounds great. great. If, if it's on the menu and I go to a sandwich place, I will pretty much always order that unless, you know, I've had it there before multiple times right. or something right. like that. So it's a but. super fancy. Yeah. Grilled ham and cheese with French toast, sandwiched in a French toast. I don't know if it's technically French toast, but it's in a it's, battered. It's an egg. It's yeah. a battered toast. Yeah. All right. And uh, we report just in uh, the status of our drink, Sebastian. Oh, they're working on it. They just they had, a, they had a couple, uh, you know, hiccups down there. So okay, no problem. Yeah. I know that they're happens. working on getting the hub, the final bit of the renovation, finished up today. They have some oh. new tables. And uh, some new seating oh, going in, I believe. I love and their I think, new sign. They have a great new sign. Oh, yeah. Reminds people that the proceeds go to missions. Yeah. When you first walk in, it's it just it literally stands off the wall. <laughs> but it's it's just the first thing you see reminds you that when you buy coffee drinks at the Hub, it, the proceeds do go to missions. And I believe last year, $27,000 went to missions. Yeah. That's supporting missionaries all around the world, uh, projects, building schools, churches, uh, disaster relief, um, seminary level training for uh, pastors, even in closed access nations. I mean, yeah. you name it, we've had a little bit of everything with our missions money coming out of the hub. So, really exciting there. Uh, so, let's see. We talked about Monte Cristo sandwiches. We talked about the hub. Uh, let's see here. Okay, how about this? You guys, you can chime in if you like. We're waiting for Lawrence to show up as well. So we're we're gonna buy him a minute here. Just so he can be, be part of the quiz. Have you ever heard of a fatberg before? Never heard of it. So what? What do you think a fatberg is? Sounds like uh, a big piece of ice. Yeah, yeah. It so it's a fat. It's like an iceberg, but fat it's made iceberg. out of fat. Really? Yes. Yeah, so here you go, London Reuters. Oddly enough, one of the biggest fatbergs ever seen in Britain. A ball of fat as long as three soccer pitches long, has been found blocking a Victorian-era uh, East London sewer. What? Ooh, yes. Isn't that disgusting? It's a total monster <laughs> and taking a lot of manpower machinery to remove, says the Thames Waterhead of Waste Thames. Networks. The Thames yeah. Waterhead <laughs> of Waste Networks, uh, Matt Rimmer. It's one of the largest we've ever seen. I would hope so. The rock-solid mass of wet wipes, nappies, fat, and oil weighs as much as 10 double-decker buses. Uh, <laughs> work in Whitechapel to remove the blockage started this week and involves an eight-strong crew using jet hoses to break up the mass before sucking it out with a tanker. This is the most disgusting story I've read on the air in a long time. It's basically like trying to break up concrete. It's frustrating as these situations are totally avoidable. Um, uh, caused by fat oil grease being washed down the sinks. And then, of course, like baby wipes being washed down too. Uh, Bennett, don't block it, is the message by the Thames uh, Water Waste Authority. Four years ago, a similar but smaller Fatberg was found in sewer in Kingston, southwest of London. Fatberg. It's just like one of those things that, you know, it's it, it, it just, it's a kind of a, a funny slightly you know annoying uh name for something that is a real problem apparently in the london sewer system quick quiz uh do you know what nappies are yeah that's a napkin 
No, what? no, no, no. <laughs> no. Diapers. I, I knew he wasn't going to know. Diapers. 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 It's a. It's the UK term for diapers. It should be yes. up on your uh, your UK. Yes. Um, yeah. UK. Idioms. Do you know what a towelette yes. is? Yes. 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 That, that is that is it. So no. here's another here's another one that's very interesting. And then maybe we'll take a short break. Lawrence will get here, and then we'll get into our quiz before the top of the hour. So in Caracas, this is another Reuters story. Caracas, Venezuela government this week urged citizens to see rabbits as more than just cute pets as it defended a plan to breed and eat them, even as the opposition says this would do nothing to end chronic food shortages. The rabbit plan is the effort of the government, President Nicolas Maduro, to boost food availability. Authorities have also taught citizens to plant food on roofs and balconies of their homes. Maduro advisories dismiss such ideas as nonsensical, insisting, uh, I'm sorry, his adversaries dismiss such ideas as nonsensical <laughs> advisories. Only one or two letters different though. <laughs> Adversary. I'm looking out of the wrong part of my trifocals here. Maduro's adversaries dismiss such ideas as nonsensical, insisting the real problem is the failed model of oil finance socialism that was unable to survive after crude markets oh, collapsed. This is a cultural problem, his adversaries say. So anyway, they're going to plant food on their roofs, and they're going to eat more rabbits. Rabbit consumption is common in Europe, and to a lesser extent in the United States. The animals are more efficient than pigs and cattle in converting protein into edible meat. But raising rabbits is in significant quantities is in contemporary Venezuela would be difficult. The country's constant shortages resulting from stringent price and currency controls would probably leave the would-be rabbit industry struggling to find materials ranging from feed to metal to wire uh, for so many breeding cages so anyway, that's what you get in socialism. The right rabbit there. plan, the rabbit plan. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of plans. Yeah, the rabbit plan is one of them. And uh, UK, they're dealing with breaking up fatbergs. So, you know, problems all around the world. Don't put your nappies down the. Don't toilet. flush your nappies. <laughs> we have a fatberg. Okay. Anyway, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we're gonna play a little quiz. Hopefully, also be. Enjoying some delectable treats from the hub. So stick around. This is Live Till 5, episode 231 on this Friday, September 15th. If you ever miss part of the show, you can tune in Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound or download the podcast through khmg.org. Short break. Back after this. Last minute of the first hour of Live Till 5. We're going to carry over the rest of our segments into the second hour. Thanks for staying tuned to this episode 231. Again, find us online, khmg.org. Go to Facebook. Let us know you're listening. Harvest Family Radio, Guam. Just find us on Facebook. Leave us a message. Give us a thumbs up. You'll see a lot of updates every day. We're updating our Facebook page. We want you to know what's going on here. Stay up to date current on what's happening at Harvest Family Radio. You're listening to KHMG Harvest Family Radio 88.1 FM, live till 5. Coming back for a second hour of live till 5 after the news. Stick around, more live till 5 after this.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5, the second hour, 4.04 p.m., Friday, September 15th, episode 231. The theme today, pirates. We're all excited because we're all drinking our, our free drinks from the hub. Unfortunate for our live listeners at 4.04, the hub is already closed. But they've had limited service today anyway because they're doing a little freshening, freshening up, a little remodel. A little, a little renovation. Yeah. So what does it look like down there, Lawrence? You were just down there. Yeah, I was. Um, well, when you come in, uh, they've, they've scooted the chairs and the de- tables all over to the one side because starting at right around, if you've been in there, there's a TV on the wall to your left when you enter. Right under there, all the way around the back wall and a little up the other side wall uh, is going to have benches nice. along the bottom there. And then there's long tables that'll be in front of it all the way around, sort of like a U shape, on the opposite end of of the of where you order your drinks. So really, really sharp looking, almost a cherry wood color, that reddish brown uh, kind of stain to the to the wood, and uh, will look really sharp when those are all in there. Nice, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, we are excited to utilize the new benches down there, and we are. Equally excited to be drinking these tasty, uh, mysterious drinks. Super tasty. Matter of fact, it's a good time to mention that this segment's brought to us by Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books, and gifts, even some Yankee candles, and some Bodum coffee products as well. I like it a lot. I go there every day. Now, let's play what's in my coffee and for those of you listening at home we are provided drinks without any indication what's in the drinks other than what we can see and taste and smell and feel Uh, and so we are trying to have all the different senses and then we're trying to describe them to you because that's what radio does radio takes what we're picturing and we communicate it through the medium of sound to you at home to where as you're driving down the road you almost can smell the, the cappuccino fumes coming through your vents. Fumes. So and then it could be the trash truck in front of you, but it <laughs> pretend it's cappuccino fumes. So we're all drinking here. We're going to uh, share with you what we are uh, enjoying. Sebastian has drink number one. Looks like a hot drink. What does it taste like? Well, you know, I, I, did, I did a nice little story last time, you know, and uh, – I, I, I this I wanted to share what kind of the story that that comes to mind when I drink this. Okay, and now last week now, you had the calamansi on the snow <laughs> snow slope. Yes, okay. Yes, and this one's a bit nicer, so uh, they don't have to be like censoring or anything. <laughs> That's good. But um, what this reminds me of is imagine you're at a high school football game. All right, the the crowds are going wild, and and it's you know dark out. It's night, and it's starting to get a little chilly there all right and you look over in the distance you know after your team just scored another touchdown you decide you want something to drink and you look over and you see this wooden structure this little wooden structure it's like almost a little little like an outhouse no 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 (laughs) not a bigger bigger bigger. almost like a a shed like a shed okay all right but it's like a nice like red shed you know like Red shed. So it's red, put not in brown to make anymore. this look nice. Okay. It was brown to start with. Yeah, yeah. They painted it while wooden. you were walking. A dark red, dark brown kind That's of right. mix. Cherry wood. Yeah. So you walk over, and and it's fall time, and you just you just have this delicious smell. On Guam or go- elsewhere? 
Uh, this is for me at a football game specifically. I'm trying to reinterpret. We have football here. We, I know. Oh, but <laughs> and so I'm, and so I'm standing you, at the shed. Sorry. You're standing sorry, at the sorry, shed, the and you and you and you and you see no vacancy. You see these these wonderful warm apple ciderish mm. uh, uh, donuts. Donuts. Apple, yes. Warm apple yes. cider donuts, oh, and then they hand you this donuts. cup. It's nice and warm, and it's full of apple cider. Mm. Warm apple cider. So is it a mango smoothie or (laughs) apple cider? Okay. So it's a warm warm apple apple cider cider. drink. Probably similar to what we had last week. I had some this morning. It's amazing. That's good stuff. Okay. So it's a warm apple cider Sebastian's drinking. Chris has drink number two. We actually uh, accidentally got our (laughs) drinks in order. So Chris is drink number two. Looks like a blended drink. It is a blended drink. Mm-hmm. It's a coffee drink that is sweet, has a little whipped cream on top. It's good. I wouldn't begin to tell you what this is. I don't know. <laughs> but it's a sweet, blended, I think, coffee Anything drink. Anything besides okay. chocolate and coffee that you can taste? Uh, no. I mean, there's there's some taste in there. Mm-hmm. I, I just I can't Oftentimes, that's amaretto, but I'm not amaretto? sure. Amaretto? Does it yeah. taste cherry-ish? Um, perhaps hmm. it could be the amaretto because that's a could it's a nutty amaretto. cherry a flavor. Yeah, it's right? it's the it's it's like um umami or whatever of of the you know Asian food. It's like that savory savory flavor. Yeah, yeah. cherry amaretto. Yeah. Okay, all right. I don't. I don't, I don't so know it's just a really good means. tasting chocolatey espresso whipped cream blended drink. Now, Lawrence, yours. Looks mine, pretty straightforward. Mine to me. is the classic drink of the month. However, the, the the twist here has been to make it more of a fruit splash, which is the adding of the carbonation in it. Mm. So it's a mint monsi, I think. It's a mm-hmm. mint monsi fruit splash. Okay. That's what I'm going with. All right. My now, <clears throat> mine is uh, it's sweet, it's hot, mm. creamy, has a, def- a strong taste of sweet cream in it. Stand by. And um, <laughs> hint of of a, a like a white chocolatey taste, really not much of a flavor of espresso at all. And I was telling the guys uh, off the air that it tastes like ambrosia, which Chris is always like, "Well, what's ambrosia?" Well, ambrosia could be one of two things: either the food of the gods, something very pleasing to this taste and smell, or a fungal product used as food by ambrosia beetles. I would choose. <laughs> The the uh, former, er, the former the yes, first. not the latter, <laughs> and so it just has this this very pleasant, smooth, sweet mm. taste. If if you're not a coffee drinker, you would like this drink because it really has no strong coffee drink at all. Number one, apple cider, Sebastian, good job, oh, thank you. Uh, number two, a taro. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, you have the blended oh. taro drink. Wow. All right. But times one. Purple, it has right? a times one. I don't know what the times one is. With it, maybe with a single with a shot. shot. That's yeah, what shot, it's because it's a bit brown. That's why. Yeah, there's a yeah, there there. you go. No, there no. you go. It's a bit brown, yeah. You have a mint Monsi, but with carbonation, sounds like, right? Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah, it's, they don't normally have carbonation in that. I they don't just normally think do so. water. Maybe it was just really strong at the bottom, but. Okay. And I have a white mocha with, uh, it's either with um, halibut or hazelnut. I can't tell by the, <laughs> the halibut wouldn't well, be right. It's got to be hazelnut. Be I love halibut. <laughs> Doesn't it look like halibut? Coffee. I mean, I if you were thinking fish, you'd yeah. think, oh, it's got halibut in it. Oh, yeah. great. I love a white fish from the oh, North Atlantic. Yeah. That's nice. a Z. That's a hazelnut. Okay. I'm just <laughs> messing with, messing with the folks down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's very tasty. So now 
It is national, international. Talk like a pirate day on Tuesday, September 19th. If You're weird if you do it on Monday or Wednesday, but on Tuesday you're totally normal and slightly cool to certain you know, sectors of the population if you talk like a pirate on Tuesday. And so our theme is pirates and piracy today. So, Sebastian, take it away. All right. Well, uh, the title of this here quiz is called Your Questionnaire for Landlubbers and Scallywags. Yeah, you guys, that's great. You guys, you guys are landlubbers and scallywags. And by the oh. way, uh, <laughs> Bob the Librarian sent me an online translator, How to Talk Like a Pirate. You can type anything in, and it'll give you the pirate language. Now, wow. it's... it's so I, I wrote in here, welcome to the show, Lawrence, and it says, ahoy, welcome to the show, Lawrence. Oh, anyway, It didn't actually, it has Does it written it say, out. speak in gruff voice? No, that's, I that added, added that. Okay. That's the All you added was ahoy to that statement. Ahoy, and the instead of the, <laughs> the. Oh, okay. The show. Yeah, of course, the. I the, have instructions yeah. here, and I will share them with all of you later <laughs> on, on how to talk like a pirate from WikiHow, which is a very oh, reliable online Wiki media source. How. Thank you. It's, hey. it's as though pirates are their own. It's yeah. their own sort of. They have their own speech. The yeah, problem is, is not a whole lot of them were English. Yeah, Parle. Some, Parle. someone, you know, Parle. someone in the in the golden era of movie making yes. made pirates, and I think I I would think it's probably the Long John Silver character from Treasure Island in the nineteen mm-hmm. fifties. There were a number from England as well. It's just, uh, yeah, I, you know. They are currently a lot from Africa. Yes. yes. Many, many. And surprisingly, yeah. somewhere here in Micronesia as well, which I'm going to share here in just are a while. Are you done stealing my time, you no. pirates? No. 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 You land lovers. You land lovers. Yes, Scallywags. All right. All here right. we go. <laughs> so, do any of you like the Goonies or have seen it at least? Uh, the Goonies? Yes. A long time ago when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, well, this one's based off of the Goonies. So, I mean, I kind of figured you guys have seen it. What was the pirates? name of the one-eyed Willie's pirate ship? In the Goonies, was it A. What? Inferno, B. El Muerto, Muerte, Mort, C. The Black Pearl, or D. Nebuchadnezzar? Mm. So, if you haven't really seen the Goonies, you're kind of out of luck. I'm sorry. Is that a pirate movie? Uh, it's, no. it's a kids' pirate. It has some pirate elements at the end. Yeah. It's one of those movies oh. you watch, you know, 20 years ago. And you're like, oh, that's great. And then you go back 20 years later, it's like, whoa, there's. It's maybe not not the it's best. It's kind of like watching. Uh, I won't name it. Yeah, don't don't just don't start. We have to start putting disclaimers on every single thing. Goonies. <laughs> it's not a bad show. No, just, uh, the things yeah. you thought were awesome yeah. in the early nineties are <laughs> yeah, just like not, not anymore. anymore. Okay, I think El Muerte, Muerto, yeah. Mor- that one. El Muerto, the, the Spanish one. I, I yeah. El Muerto for me too. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I, Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. Well, yeah. And Nebuchadnezzar is from Made Dirts and Black Pearl's from Pirates of Caribbean. <laughs> that is true. So, um, Inferno was the name. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, ouch. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, um, maybe maybe you'll know this answer. one. Maybe you'll know this one a little bit more. What ruthless tyrannical pirate did Captain Hook purportedly sail under in J.M. Barry's um, Peter Pan? Um, a. Calico Jack. B. Bartholomew Black Bart Roberts. C, Blackbeard, or D, Captain Kidd? Blackbeard. Captain Kidd. Black Bart. Black Bart? Black Bart Roberts. All right. The correct answer is Blackbeard. Good job, Lawrence. You get a point. That's from if you watch Pan. Yes. That's the guy that's in the beginning of that. The Hugh Jackman guy? Yes, yes, yes. All right. What is 
what is the technical term for the black flag featuring the skull and crossbones that has become inextricably linked with pirate lore? So you guys know the flag I'm talking about, yes. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it what is what is the technical term for it? Is it called A the Death's Head flag? D the Roos dig You go straight your, to D, huh? B the what? <laughs> I said D? Oh yeah. B, sorry. It's okay, you're a pirate today, it's fine. <laughs> Say what you want. The Make Roos, your own rules. The Roos de Gerder, uh Gyrde, I don't know. Probably not. C the bleeding heart or D the Jolly Roger. Hmm. The Jolly Roger. You hoist the Jolly Roger. Yep. Hoist the Jolly Roger, mates. Yeah. Aye, aye, Captain. Pixie at the sail. Pee wee. Yes, that's a patch the pirate. Their ship is the Jolly Roger. <laughs> oh. It is. So okay. is that Jolly Roger for all of you? Jolly Roger. I guess. I don't think sure. we're right. You all are right. It oh, is the yeah. Jolly Roger. Yeah. So none of you get points. Um, the early the pirate early pirate flags went through countless incarnations before assuming the form now associated with pirates in modern literature, film, and television. Pirates flags uh, used pirate flags used to feature hourglasses and bleeding hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, interesting stuff. Jeff's Pirate Cove. He has a uh, quite the collection of replica pirate flags and memorabilia. Yeah. They're meant to strike fear into the hearts of those the pirates are pursuing for plunder. Okay. Now you can get them for five ninety nine on a bandana <laughs> at Jess Park Cove. <laughs> Question four. What did pirates give to ships they success what name did pirates give to ships that they successfully managed to sack? A a prize, B a gift, C a gem, or D attack? A, a D a, tack. tack. Mm-hmm. Tack. Yes. Not A-tack, but tack. So the prize, gift, gam, tack. This is if they were to able to conquer, take over a ship or whatever. Gift. Gift. Prize. Prize. I go with prize. It is the prize. Uh, a gam is a whale, whaling term that means a friendly meeting between two ships at sea. Mm-hmm. And tack is when they change direction by turning the bow into the wind. Yep. So we're, we're tied now. Yeah, good job, guys. Okay. <laughs> um, what Caribbean port city was largely destroyed by a cataclysmic earthquake in June of sixteen ninety two? We watch a whole video. <clears throat> the history my, professor's coming out in him now. In my in my world history class, we watch an entire video on on this city, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and all the different reasons. So, can why. you say it without him even giving us options? Oh boy! What? No, 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 no! Uh, but you guys have to. Oh, that's in, true. In go Jama- ahead and let him in, answer last. How about it's that? It's in Jamaica. Okay. How, let let you go ahead, and then we, we, give us the answers and or the options. Chris and I'll answer. Then we'll let Lawrence answer, and we'll see if yeah. we're right. Well, the rest of that is it left a heavy contingent of pirates to find another refuge and base of operations. Mm. So these cities are. Do you want me to say the cities? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Tortuga, Portobello, Port Royal, or Havana. Port Royal. I would say it's only Tortuga. one in Tortuga. It's Port Royal. Correct. It's Port Royal. It's the only one in Jamaica. The others are elsewhere. That goes mm. to Lawrence mm. and Chris, uh, a haven for pirates and privateers alike until a massive earthquake. Yeah, leveled the city and decimated the population. And wow. so the remaining foundation, or most of it was carried up to Kingston. A lot of it, a lot right. of it, yeah. There were five forts down there around the area. There are, I think, two above water still. The other three are below. Then you go, and some of it has been like 
it was like there was land underwater that but when this went down this area came up because now there's a fort that had like uh docking rings that you have on a building that you know throw your open mm-hmm. and the whole thing is inland now like there's land all around the fort that's not on the water anymore wow and then you go and scuba dive where port royal's at and it's just like like cups and plates and the city is just yeah, like it really just dropped into the oh, that's neat that's cool, that's neat. Well, cool. i mean it's sad it happened but yeah, yeah. wow uh, yeah and so it's these i'm giving some supplemental information because it's kind of interesting i thought that's why i kept it in so uh question six which of the file which of the following types of pirate was officially licensed by a sovereign nation to raid and seize goods carried by the ships of hostile nations uh, a, a privateer, buccaneer. B, a buccaneer, C, a corsair, or D, a buckaroo? Buccaneer for Buc- me. Buccaneer. Corsair. <laughs> buccaneer, corsair. Uh, buccaneer. buccaneer for me, too. <laughs> okay. I originally thought buccaneer as well, but the correct answer was privateer. Oh. Privateer. Oh. Um, uh, privateers initially received letters of mark and reprisal f- from sovereign leaders which permitted them to seek retribution for goods lost or taken from enemy combatants during merchant voyages. Uh, The privateers could not be prosecuted for piracy because of this designation, but the system was oft abused, and privateers generally became no more than authorized pirates attacking ships under the protection of the country that allowed them to engage in these operations. So... (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I just thought of the worst joke ever. What's it's, that? it's the price they obtained for a severed earlobe. You know, a buccaneer. <laughs> Everyone's think, laughing all over Guam right now. Yeah, but uh, same thing <laughs> could good. be for it's what not, you get for selling corn. All right. Yeah, a buccaneer. Right. We're, we're winding down here. Only two more questions. <laughs> exactly. so. Except with pirates, they didn't do a lot of corn. <laughs> no. no. Hey, Chris, you made a joke earlier that you haven't shared on the radio. Um, you can, maybe you can share it after this one. Yeah, after the, question seven. Uh, what is the contemporary name for the Car- Caribbean island 16th century pirates referred to as Hispaniola? Hispaniola, yeah. Mm-hmm. A, Jamaica. B, Cuba. C, Haiti, or D, Puerto Rico? Huh. Haiti. Haiti, I think, too. Cuba. It is Haiti. It's, um, a, it's the combination of Dominican Republic and Haiti. That mm-hmm. whole island was called Espanola. Yeah. Yeah, the Republic of Haiti and the Dominican Republic now share the large island, then known as Hispaniola. Hmm. So, Interesting. Yes, okay. this is... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jared. It's okay. But did you remember your joke, Chris? I don't remember the joke. What is, what is it about? I don't, uh, I don't remember. Okay. sign language. It's um, swab. Oh. Oh, I said, oh, <laughs> yes. If this, I said if this quiz doesn't go well, next week he's going to be swabbing the deck. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> sorry. It's not I as funny anymore. I've, okay. <laughs> question. <laughs> last question. Last question. Um was walking the plank a standard method of dispensing justice or executing combats combatants is true on, or false? on a board combatants on board a pirate ship <laughs> um, I, yes or no <laughs> i would say no because it has to be anti intuition right hmm. i think so i say no i've been trying to answer every question wrong so i'm going to say yes <laughs> Oh, is that what you go to this that's week? What, that's what I'm doing this you week. You missed the Every first question. couple, and now well, like, you have hey, three like, chances to get off. it wrong. Yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with no. He's rhetorically uh, walking the plank. I am. Yeah, I have so just no done So no and 
No. He said no. No. Correct answer is no. Um, I knew let, it. Let me let me <laughs> let me explain. The practice was largely fictional and comes from pictures inspired by you know Peter Pan. Pirate pirates would rarely waste time with such a theatrical punishment. Frivolity. <laughs> Pirate attacks were very brutal affairs, and yeah. which were more closely resembled to Inquisition style, mm. you know, torture and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it would be you more can't quick. Hardly watch a documentary about pirates. Uh, pirates. It's really it is pretty brutal. One, so what's the final three, score there, four. Sebastian? If my counting is correct, it's a tie between Chris and Lawrence. Ah, who's keeping score? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me run a few uh, pirate jokes by you guys because some of our listening audience is under the age of nine and they love this kind of stuff. So see if you like any of these jokes. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, why don't pirates shower before they walk the plank? Because they'll just wash up on shore later. Um, <laughs> uh, why is pirating so addictive? Actually, I don't. I don't get this one here. Let's move on. Uh, uh, these are from Reader's Digest, but some of them didn't print up properly. So, oh, how did the pirate get his Jolly Roger so cheaply? He bought it on sale. Get it, sale. Uh, what has eight legs, eight arms, and eight eyes? Eight pirates. What? <laughs> what do you call a pirate have, with they two have peg legs? They've yeah, all right. lost oh. a leg. What do you call a pirate with two eyes and two legs? A pirate. A rookie. <laughs> uh, let's see. What did the ocean say to the pirate? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. What's the what's the uh, here? Let's see. They're all what's the something or other here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, why does it take a pirate so long to learn the alphabet? This is good. Because there's R. no R. I'm saying R this bit. one for the uh, for for all my uh, friends that are um, uh, children listening to show right now. Why did it take the pirate so long to learn the alphabet, Devin? Because they spend a year at sea. <laughs> what lies at the bottom of the ocean and twitches? Pirates. Mm. A nervous wreck. Oh. Uh, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. How much did the pirate pay for his peg and hook? An arm and a leg. An arm and a leg. Very good. <laughs> yeah. You've heard this before. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, where can you find a pirate who has lost his wooden legs? Uh, where you left him. Right where you left him. Yeah. See? Ah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. How do pirates prefer to communicate? Mm. Eye to eye. Get it? Uh, that's that's <laughs> for all the Eye <laughs> to eye. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, how do you turn a pirate furious? How do you make a pirate furious? Take away the letter P. Then they're irate. Mm. Oh. See? Uh, let's see here. <laughs> What's orange and sounds like a parrot? Um, a parrot? A carrot. Get it? Oh. It sounds like a parrot, but it's actually how's a that How is that a pirate joke? I, parrot. I think the a parrot. parrot it's involved. a bridge. The parrot oh, was the bridge the to the pirates. Oh, okay. I see. Why did nobody want to play cards with a pirate? They're cheaters. That's good, but no. It, it, because he was standing on the deck. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does a vegan pirate do in jail? Starve. And then finally... <laughs> oh, let's see here. What are, uh, what are the ten letters in the pirate alphabet? Um, R. Ten R's. Yeah, yeah it's like A-I-I-R uh, and the seven C's. 
<laughs> a I I R and the seven C's. I thought of one. Uh, where does a where does a pirate keep his books? Where in Davy Jones' locker? Oh, there you go. Mm. I hope Stephen's listening. He could use some of these on his sisters. At home. Oh, they'll love they'll it. They'll just yeah. love it. Love so it. here's so how gross. to talk like a pirate before we take a short break and come back for the probably what I think will be recorded in history is the best this day in history of all time. In future years, <laughs> we'll look back and the future version of this day in history, like the like we'll the Lawrence Beyond character, will actually look back and say this day in history, Lawrence Nangast to this day in history. It's going to be that good. But before mm. we go to a break uh, and then come back for that, you how to talk to like Kmart a pirate. If you need to. Yeah, <laughs> how to talk like a pirate. First, learn sailing lingo. The golden age of piracy lasted from the 1680s to the 1730s, a time when most pirates were sailors gone rogue. As wayward sailors, pirates heavily used nautical lingo when conversing. Refer to your friends or coworkers as mateys and call people you don't like scurvy dogs. When you greet someone, say ahoy. And when you're surprised or caught off guard, say avast. So there you go. Don't just throw out sailing terms randomly, though. Know the history behind the terms so you can use them correctly. For example, did you know that shiver me timbers is the nautical equivalent of saying my teeth are chattering with fear? So don't just say that, you know, randomly. All the fellows will laugh at you. Memorize some choice nautical insults. Uh, this scurvy buccaneer, bilge rat, land lubber, things like that. You know, lubber means uh, to lubber. be clumsy or uncoordinated, scurvy. Implies you feel scorned towards a certain thing. Uh, let's see here. Bilge rat. Of course, that's a, the filthy creature that lives on the boat. Use R in multiple words. R can be used in a myriad of situations. You might shout R to indicate agreement with a statement. Or you might shout R if you stub your toe. Or R, catch-all exclamation, that you can use for most emotions when you feel joy, sorrow, anger, or fear. Uh, although pirates commonly, commonly say R... In pop culture, pirates historically may not have even used this exclamation so often. The phrase was popularized by Robert Newton, who played Long John Silver in Treasure Island. Hey. Great work. That And that is a good old... I might watch that this weekend. That is really... The old black and white one. one. Yeah. Oh, man. That was great. Um, he used the Southwest English accent. While pirates from the region may have said R, pirates from other countries likely didn't. So anyway, that's just a few choice things and speaking of let's play a little pirate song on our way out this is from masters in command we're going to take a short break when we come back this day in history with Lawrence Nagengast and a little more pirate trivia in our stranger than fiction segment this is live till 5 4 31 p.m on friday september 15th i'm your host jared baldwin you can catch us on khmg.org for the podcast or listen to the live stream there also let us know you're listening through our facebook page harvest family radio guam we'll be back after this short break A little more live till five, episode two hundred and thirty-one on this Friday, September fifteenth. Love to have you find us on the web, khmg.org, or on Facebook. Let us know you're listening. Harvest Family Radio Guam. We'd love to hear from you. Most people are listening on eighty-eight point one FM, Harvest Family Radio, right here in Barragata, Guam. 
If you ever miss the show, you can catch us on The Rebound, noon to 2 Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. Catch us as we rebroadcast the entire show, all two hours of it, all the funny little commercials and everything. So, Or not really commercials, because we're not a commercial station. Little spots. little Features. 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 That's the word they use in the biz. Yep. I'm, I'm still learning. Now... It is Friday, September 15th, if you're listening to the live broadcast, and this was an amazing day in history. <laughs> you, you, probably one that you'll never forget, and someday people will use this episode of This Day in History in their list of things that happened this day in history. So, Lawrence, you know, without building it up too much, what happened this day in history? No, you haven't done that at all. I appreciate that. <laughs> kind of you. Oh, you know, it's just... Um... One thing after another. Your I wife guess. returns this day in history. That is true. Well, technically, That's it's one in the morning, so yeah, it's tomorrow this day. Tomorrow in this day in history. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it is within a few hours. She's in Narita. She was right just now. on vacation. They're not having problems or anything. No, no, no. She's been <laughs> that gone. Didn't sound good. She's been gone. <laughs> Forget what I just said. Off island, Lindsay. Yes, she was just at a wedding, right? She was. Her brother yeah. got married, and then they took a train across the entire uh, yeah. country, which kind of blew my mind. But yeah. uh, was done. Yeah. Yeah, so, retro. Yeah, it is. Uh, 1795, Lyrical Ballads, published by Samuel Taylor Coolridge and William Wordsworth. It's the first work of English Romantic movement. Um, this is a probable date, I guess, so not a really good one to start off with. It's a probable date, but uh, English Romantic movement became very, very important uh, in literature, and uh, this is apparently the first time it started couple hundred years ago. 1812, French army under Napoleon reaches the Kremlin, Moscow. Uh, one of uh, really three people try to take over Russia. Um, two two that are in main uh, most recent history, him and Hitler. And actually it will be what costs both of them uh, their, their reign and their leadership it is the cost of invading Russia. And the cold winters and the death of all the men and spreading your army that thin. Uh, if you look at a map how far France is from Russia, that's a distance. And when you're taking your men that were in their summer uniforms, their linens, and trying to have them hold out in Russia in winter, they're not going to make it. So they rushed home, and by that point, they were they were a limping army, um, though their commander was very bright and, and smart. Um Charles Darwin on the HMS Beagle is on board, and they reached the Galapagos Islands today. It's one of the places he went on his kind of round part of the world journey. And uh, this one was kind of one of the biggest island stops that they made. Uh, read about the birds and everybody, everything else there. On finches. The finches, yeah. The finches, yeah. Um, 1928, Scottish bacteriologist Alexander Fleming discovers penicillin while studying influenza. And penicillin will become an extremely important, uh, really through the mid-90s, even today, I guess. They probably have other things that accomplish the same feat, but penicillin was a, a much-needed... I always remember watching Balto. That's right. <laughs> the child video, Balto. And uh, they needed penicillin. And that's one of the... Uh, Chris has actually yeah. seen the statues. I used to live in the village no where Balto left from oh. to go to Nome. Or as we say in Missouri, Balto. Yeah. Nina, Balto. Which is Ninana, Alaska. Ninana. Even though they run the Iditarod from Anchorage, it's because the I think the medicine started in Anchorage hmm. and then the run for the sled dogs 
started in Ninana mm. and went to Nome. But yeah, Deborah and I met in that village. The Ninana. That's such a interesting city name, Ninana. Uh, 1938, British Prime Minister Chamberlain visits Hitler at Berchtesgaden, uh, where Chamberlain thought he had won a serious victory for his day. Was fact, he the peace in our time? Yes, yes. that's exactly who it time. was. P- Prime Minister of In fact, England. this was the meeting he came from, thinking he had secured peace, when in reality it was two big countries working over and trading smaller European countries they like take over pawns. Like Czechoslovakia. Well, they got the Sudetenland Poland. originally and then Czechoslovakia. Um, actually, not Poland. That'll be the invasion of Poland yeah. is the beginning of World War, World War II in September 1st. Uh, actually, a year later. So this is September 15th, 1938. September 1st, 1939 uh, is the day they invade Poland and begin World War II. But, yeah, um, yeah very interesting times. Uh, there in Europe, to be sure. It's, um, that's one of those days when everybody thinks they know something. Oh, it's wonderful. We're, we just, yeah. yeah, it's not not a good moment in history. Really. Yeah, it was pretty much giving more candy to a crying child, hoping they never cry again. Yeah. yeah. And it's just not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 1966, U.S. President Lyndon B. Johnson responded to a sniper attack in the University of Texas at Austin, writes a letter to the United States Congress urging the enhancement of gun control legislation, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't uh, a, com- a fixed issue then, and it's still something that's talked about all the time today. And uh, again, it's you know I won't get too opinionated, but it's going to be always the heart of men, never the the tools that are used. But anyways, yeah, uh, another time and place. Uh, last couple things today. <laughs> 1977, U.S. President Jimmy Carter meets with 15 record company executives. Uh, that was becoming a big thing at that day in the 70s there. Uh, and then last thing I had down here, oh, the uh, Prime Minister of Israel resigned today, 1983. Ariel Sharon? Uh, is that who that is? Menachem. Oh, Menachem Begin? Menachem. Menachem Begin. Menachem yeah. Begin. Oh, yeah. All right. He resigned today as, as Israel. As, was there another prime minister in between him and uh, uh, Benjamin yeah, it would have been. Oh, yeah. It would have been. Uh, it would have been. Ari- no, Ariel Sharon. Uh, Ariel it, it, it would have been. It's um, Rabin. Barak. Uh, Hasnu Mubarak. Has- no, 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 no. That's a whole different guy. That's that's <laughs> Egypt. Uh, yeah, it is. It's Egypt. Uh, yeah. I, there's another guy who has the same name as one of the judges in the Old Testament. Yes, it's Barak. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have to look that up. We, we got to Google the that. Break. We'll take it. We'll We're take trying it to remember break. on the fly. The yeah. last one was President Obama announces that troops that the U.S. will send three thousand troops to help combat spread of the Ebola virus. I can't believe it's three years already since we were, you know, kind of talking about that. And and uh, I remember my sister telling me she was getting special special training on how to deal with Ebola patients and things like that. So yeah, I remember uh, they there was a lot of criticism of medical missionaries coming back because. Uh, almost all the cases in America of people that had brought it back were people who had been on medical mission trips. What was the name of the prime minister? Ehud Barak. Ehud Barak. Yes, that's, that's right. right. Ehud yeah. Barak. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. And now is this day in history, September 15th. Listeners, This isn't this an educational show? Isn't it? We have all these educators <laughs> up here helping lead you through your Friday afternoon or Saturday afternoon or Sunday night. Want to make sure that uh, it's edifying for you. Lawrence... Thanks for contributing. Always a pleasure. And uh, thank you to the Hub for providing these delicious drinks. 
Thanks to Sebastian for the quiz. Thanks to Chris for just being here and keeping me on track. And thanks to you listeners for staying tuned. We're going to take a short break, come back, have some more pirate stuff for you. I know some of you, you're like, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're getting ready to max out your pirate uh, tolerance. It's okay. I'm going to give you some facts, give you some fun stuff, give you some stuff that's not so funny about piracy in the modern day. So stick around. This is Live Till 5, episode 231. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, and love to have you come back for the last 15 minutes of the show after this short break. With me, Lord, God, walk with me. Walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me. While I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last 10 minutes of Live Till 5, 4.49 p.m. on this Friday, September 15th, episode 231. Topic today, pirates. Pirates were not admirable characters. Uh, There are many things about pirates that are kind of crazy. Some fun facts, I guess fun facts, just facts about pirates. Blackbeard was the most feared pirate of all. Blackbeard, a.k.a. Edward Teach known for the most terrifying pirate, as the most terrifying pirate. Before capturing a ship, he would weave hemp into his beard and light it on fire, an intimidation tactic that made him look demonic. Yikes, that would scare anyone. The skull and crossbones flag, of course, is called the Jolly Roger. We talked about that earlier. Not every pirate ship used the Jolly Roger, however. Pirates from the Bahamas had their flag specially made by a sail-making widow who took payment in brandy, while Blackbeard had his own black flag featuring a skeleton with horns. The skeleton held an hourglass in one hand, and the other hand he carried a spear pointing to a heart dripping with drops of blood. Mm, There were women pirates as well. Uh, Famous female pirates would be Mary Reed, Anne Bonnie, Grace O'Malley, Ching Shi. Let's see, what else we have here? Grog was the pirate's drink of choice. Rum, water, lemon juice, and sugar. Basically Mountain Dew. Uh, Let's see here. Captain Woods Rogers chased uh, the pirates out of the Bahamas. He was a former privateer uh, who went on to become the governor of the Bahamas and in the process helped drive all the pirates off the island. Pirates did have eye patches. Said that uh, for one of the reasons pirates wear eye patches is to help keep one eye adjusted to night vision for seeing below deck. That's interesting. They didn't really make people walk the plank. We talked about that. Didn't always bury their treasure. Some pirates didn't bury their treasure right away because they wanted to share the loot beforehand. Pirate treasure didn't always include gold or silver. Most of it was food, lumber, clothes, animal hides. And each pirate ship had its own set of rules. There was no one pirate's code. Had to do with the chores and the different rules that they would all agree to on the ship most common rule was no fighting on board two pirates had a disagreement they'd have to wait and fight on land so those are all some facts about pirates that are true now here's some trivia for you did pirates have parrots you know how you always see a picture of a pirate with a parrot i think uh that's pretty common caricature captain flint The parrot who perched on Long John Silver's shoulder in the pirate story Treasure Island was a famous pirate pet. But did real pirates like to keep parrots as pets? 
Although there are no accounts of pirates having pet parrots. There, this is hard to read. There was a trade in animals from all around the world throughout the age of piracy. A colorful talking bird would have been expensive, so pirates probably stole them along with other valuable cargo. The crew on a pirate ship may have been glad to have these intelligent birds on board to entertain them on long, dull voyages. Basically, they don't know, but it would have been nice. This one here. This is from the DK Find Out website, the one about the parrots, and now this one here. Corsairs were pirates who fought for slaves and treasure during the Crusades. These holy wars began in the late 11th century when Christians and Muslims fought for control over the Mediterranean Sea and the countries around it. Muslim sea raiders who lived on the North, on North Africa or Barbary Coast became known as Barbary Corsairs. Christians from Europe fought mainly from the stronghold island of Malta. So the Corsairs were during the Crusades. Now, we have a couple minutes left here. Did you know, I've been teasing this the whole time. This is from Wikipedia, so if any of my Coast Guard friends have more facts on this, I'd love to hear it, and I am glad to be stand corrected, but Wikipedia says, according to modern-day pirate attacks by country, uh, let's see here, piracy poses an especially unique and serious threat to the global economy. Most international trade takes place via sea transport as a result There is a need for solid international strategy to deal with this scourge. To do so, international cooperation needs to go beyond simply uh, arresting and prosecuting pirates and look into the underlying cause of poverty that may uh, turn many an individual to a life of maritime crime. These include poor governance, corruption, lack of education, perpetuates the cycle of poverty. So, modern-day pirate attacks by country. So, rank nationality of shipping companies, pirates attack on ships. The number one attack on ships uh, have been ships from Panama, number one, the Marshall Islands, number two, Singapore, number three, Liberia, four, then in the next order, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Italy, Netherlands, Thailand, and Malta. But the Marshall Islands have had the second most attacks uh, foisted upon them with 36. The only country, uh, the nationality of shipping company is Panama, had 44, but the Marshall Islands ships have had a lot of pirate attacks upon them. Now, a few other quick things. You know, modern piracy is totally different. Uh, they use modern high-tech weapons. Um, the, they do a lot with ransom now. They have environmental piracy. Um, sometimes uh, they like Sea Shepherd. Uh, sometimes they like to ram ships or throw... Uh, you know, like chemicals on the ship to just teach them a lesson. That's pretty popular. A few different uh, organizations do that. So there's all forms of piracy. Some of it's very, very dangerous. But the least dangerous, nicest, sweetest pirate in the world is Patch the Pirate. We actually carry some of his music on our radio station and his program, Patch the Pirate. It's all... Basically, the, the, the idea, the concept that came from a man, Ron Hamilton, after he had to start wearing a patch because of um, his eye had cancer, and he had to have his eye removed, and he had to start wearing a patch. And uh, Patch the Pirate, Ron Hamilton, was a musician, Christian musician, and he was able to start using the patch over his eye to create a character to give him opportunities 
to preach the gospel. So not celebrating any of the evil parts of piracy, but just the fact that he wore a patch, everyone looked at him and imagined that he was a pirate. So it was a natural inroad. And I remember in the 1980s, probably 1985, maybe 1983 even, seeing Pastor Pirate, he came to our little Christian school. He spoke in our little tiny chapel and uh, he, he brought up some kids. I think I was one of them. And he, had, he let them hold the sword and different things. And then he taught us some songs. And uh, I remember growing up listening to Patch the Pirate music. Then I remember when my children were little, playing Patch the Pirate music for them. And uh, it's a good memory. His songs taught great Bible lessons, good character qualities. The stories were entertaining and funny. And uh, I remember, I think, one of the very first Patch the Pirate songs I ever learned was how can I fear? Jesus is near. He ever watches over me. And then also the Wiggle Worm song and the Worry Warthog song. So for you listeners at home, driving in the car, maybe you have a Patch Pirate song that's playing in your ears right now. There are so many. I Love Broccoli or uh, Chocolate Fever. Any of those songs, if you remember those, yeah, you can sing them on your way home after this show is over. But uh, Patch of Pirate, yeah, someone that is actually an admirable pirate. There you go. That's it. I want to encourage you to make sure that you go to church this weekend. If you're listening on Sunday night, maybe you're coming from church, but if you're listening to the live broadcast on Friday afternoon or the Saturday afternoon broadcast, I encourage you to find a church that preaches the Word of God where they teach and preach the Bible. And they encourage you to open it for yourself and read it, and they faithfully adhere to what the Bible says. And if you don't have a church like that to go to, please come visit us at Harvest Baptist Church. We would love to have you join us. We are located over here in Barragata off of Route 8 uh, behind the Mobile McDonald's. You can see our sign there. It's very easy to find. 10.30 a.m. is our Sunday morning service. We'd love to have you join us. And this Sunday morning, we have the privilege of baptizing over a dozen people, a few children, a lot of adults. We're going to be sharing their testimonies. It's going to be a great time of rejoicing for our church. And we would love to have you there to join us. And then our Sunday evening service, we call it the Family Bible Hour, 6 p.m. This week, we're going to be talking about tools to help individuals and families to, to walk in their, in their walk with the Lord, but their technology tools, different apps, different programs, different sites that can help you grow in the Lord using technology. And Brian Lenners is going to be sharing that. So I encourage you to join us this Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church, 1030 a.m., 6 p.m. Those are two separate services, totally different services. Plus, we have programs for kids, and we have Sunday school classes for adults and children start at 9.30 a.m. Please come join us, and if you come, please come up and introduce yourself. Uh, I'd love to meet you and know that you heard us on the radio. You're listening to our 231st episode of Live Till 5, every Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. You can find us online, khmg.org, download the podcast, listen on Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., We do that because we know not everyone can listen to the whole show, but we want you to be able to catch it. It's a lot of fun being with you. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to KHMG 88.1 FM, Barragata Guam, Harvest Family Radio, and this is Friday, September 15th. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Have a great weekend.